0: It's Eva and I'm here with another episode of currently binging the podcast about all things TV and movies If you're listening for the first time, welcome Make sure you hit that subscribe button on whatever platform you're listening to my voice on Also, take a few extra seconds, great comment, i greatly appreciated. And then like also, I know there's a lot of also <laughs> If you're on discord or if you're not on discord, like come find me Let's chat about these shows, like what you're watching what we're watching together, like, not together, but like, at the same time. <laughs> and like, all those things. I am on Discord. I set that up. So I want to hear what you guys have to say about all the shows that I discuss on this podcast, and even the shows that I, that I don't, because I do watch shows that I don't talk about on here. So yeah, um, on Discord, it would be a currently binging server. Again, I, I feel like I say this every time I mention Discord. Still trying to figure out how to work it. So <laughs> it will be a learning curve for all of us, especially if you're not always on that platform. So yeah, the link for Discord as well as social media links, as always, will be in the episode description box area. um And yeah, so let's get into this. We are discussing nine perfect strangers finally i know i had this on my list of things that i was watching and potentially would talk about on here finally got through it before i even jump in i have to give my warnings there are going to be spoilers spoilers for the show and there will be spoilers for the book because this is based on a book so if you get like super offended by book spoilers or by a podcast talking about a tv show based on a book and spending a lot of time talking about the book and how can how it relates to the show, then please don't continue to listen. This is your chance to stop the um, podcast right here. But yeah, there's going to be spoilers. I am by myself, so we can go all over the place. I can repeat myself. We can go in circles. Like, If you're new here, <laughs> that's literally what is going to happen. If you're not so new here, then you already know what the deal is. So let's get into this. Nine Perfect Strangers. So I told you guys like a few episodes ago, I don't even remember what episode it was in. Um and I know I've been literally pumping out episodes these last couple of weeks. I told you guys that I'm I've been I've watched so many things and now I just need to get them all out of my head. <laughs> and I'm always like, Oh my gosh, I wonder what this sounds like because I don't wanna mix up any of the shows um and and I just wanna get them out but we're kind of rounding out um that whole thing, but with Nine Perfect Strangers, the hold up was <laughs> and why this is literally almost a month after or about a month after um the finale why this is dropping is because I wanted to finish reading the book. So I started reading Nine Perfect Strangers, like the actual book, um or like the ebook over a year ago now. This was when I found out that it was gonna be turned into a show. And at that moment, I was like, hmm, do I want to watch, or do I wanna read the book, or do I not wanna read the book? So the book is by um, Leanne Moriarty, and like she's done, I've read her books before, um, some of her books, not all of them. And some of them I like, but like again, when you have an author who pumps out a good amount of books. After a while, you started to get familiar with like what their formula is and all of that. And so a lot of the times, a lot of the books that she put out, just reading the um, summaries or the synopsis, really didn't interest me. The one book that I read was Big Little Lies, which everyone knows I read that. I also talked about it when it was turned into a show, so you can go and listen to that. Um, another one that I've read is Truly Madly Guilty, but outside of that, I just haven't really read any of her other books, at least that I can think of off the top of my head. And then Nine Perfect Strangers, they were like, oh, this is coming out. And I read the, uh, synopsis and I was like, I mean, it kind of sounds interesting, but then I don't know if you've been listening to any of my podcasts this year or any podcasting, you know that I usually do like a 40 to 50 book per year goal and literally have been struggling this last like almost two years now since we've been in like the situation that we've, we found ourselves in for the past two years. It's just been really hard for me to focus on reading. And so, um... That also impacted me not just, I don't know, the book was a struggle. And I also kind of don't really like multi narrator books (laughs) because like sometimes it works if there's like a couple of people or maybe even three people. But when it's like so many people and you have to like keep track and it's, it's, I just don't like that. So I had a feeling that I, it would be hard for me to read this book anyway, just based on that. But then you throw in the last two years, And it was just taking me forever to try to read this book so then I was like okay I can't read it I'm struggling I literally cannot get past like page 10 (laughs) so how about then I do the audiobook again when I saw how long that audiobook is it was like 14-15 hours that seems long to me for like this type of a book and I was like okay and it took me I kid you not like four or five months to get through that audiobook. it was just really really hard and I literally had no issues with like the narrator of, of the audiobook or anything it was just really the story and when I finally got to the end of it and it kept being like a week later a month later a year later I was like oh my gosh if this freaking book doesn't end <laughs> I am going to throw this device across the room so I really struggled with reading this book and um i say all of that to say i know you're probably get to talking about the tv show but i say all of that to say that i have paid attention to the book and there were some and for me to have half for me to have half for me to have not paid attention fully to listening to the audio book there were still key moments that i pulled from this um that I was like, okay, wait a minute. So while I was watching the show, I was like, wait, I don't remember this happening (laughs) in the book. And I think the thing that I liked the most, now we're getting to the TV show. (laughs) The thing I think that I liked the most and why I would say me personally, I enjoyed the show way more than I enjoyed the actual source material is because the characters came off there was more of a like comedic edge to the characters whereas in trying to read them read this and like listen to the audiobook they weren't coming off as funny to me it was more so exhausting like an exhausting feeling especially like as we're like trudging through and getting towards the end of it it was just like oh my gosh when is this going to end versus on screen and they changed some of the stories up a little bit and we're going to talk about some of those differences um but on screen i just feel like it translated better and like And that, and I don't know if this has anything to do with it, because like I mentioned, I'm not really a big fan of like multi-narrator books. Some people do it well, some it's just, it's just too much um, POV switching. But in the show, like in a show format and even in a movie format, that tends to work a little bit better, even though it's not like them narrating is their like point of view you're kind of like following each character along it worries more because you can see it on screen whereas in the book like you you're making up what you think this world looks like based on what they're telling you in the book and after a while it can be like all that switching it just becomes a lot so yeah all i knew coming out the book was that (laughs) it's called nine perfect strangers but for the life of me I could not remember all the nine people when the books when the um show started because I was like wait there are nine people but some of these stories just do not literally I forgot about so the only ones who I really remembered from the actual book was the family who um is also in here in here which they are the I want to make sure I say their last names right they said it like 50 bajillion times, the Marconis. So the Marconis I remember from the book. Francis, the author, I remember from the book because we start off the beginning of the book with, from her POV. And then I remember the couple who, the young married couple, couple, so Ben and Jessica, because they seem to be arguing arguing the entire time throughout the book. And I remembered a reference to like a grumpy old man who, um, in the show, is played by Bobby um, Bobby Canova. I feel like I always mess up his last name, so sorry. But he plays Tony. Like I remember references of him, but not really. I remember references of like the staff outside of Masha, but like not really. And I honestly, I remember like very few mentions about Carmella um in the book like in the beginning but then not really so by the end of it like I have forgot all these people were, were in there so when we started off I was like oh my gosh all these people are in that book and I don't even remember them all which speaks volumes but you know whatever so the things that the things that I think worked for the show because let's talk about the show and then we can talk about some of the differences and then we can wrap this up <laughs> so the things that work from the show I think for as many characters as we have, because you have the nine guests, then you have the resort staff, which is Masha and then um, Yao and Delilah. And then also the other two who we kind of see, we don't really hear a lot um, from them, but they're there, which is Glory. And um, I was supposed to say Zoe, but I think it's her name is Lulu. Was that her name? I feel like they barely, rarely mentioned her name. So you have that. So you have the nine guests. You have the four people who work there. And then you have Masha, who's like running everything. So that's like a fifth person. So that's what, 14 people? That's a lot of freaking people (laughs) that you have to like follow around and like want to track their lives for. So it makes sense that this was a TV show versus a movie because I feel like it would not, I don't think it would have worked or translated as well, um, had it been a movie, because it's just when I've been enough time to get to know everyone. And even still, we don't really get to know everyone. So let's just go through it um, person by person, or I guess I will say, like, storyline by storyline. <laughs> just to talk about what I thought worked really well, and even maybe a little bit of how different from the book. So let's talk about the Marconis. The one thing I did remember is that that zoe had a twin and he died from suicide and like they all thought that they were seeing him that was the only thing that kind of stuck out for me from the book um in that and i think what worked for them was like just visibly seeing them being a family and mourning and like literally carrying this weight for three years i don't know it just really translated like that grief translated on screen and i think each individual um person in the family like had their own piece that they were dealing with which is completely different they all kind of had which is kind of common in these types of stories where they all in some way blame themselves for not catching that um their son which i want to say their son's name it's not paul because that was francis um what's it called the guy who like screwed her over zach Zach is the is the brother/son's name. Um they all kind of blame themselves for what was going on or for not realizing or saving him because he committed suicide. And I think that you kind of see this transformation across all of them where um Zoe, she starts off as like kind of quiet, but also you know she has like these over these overpowering parents who are kind of like always like are you okay? Like, we need to be mindful, like, tiptoeing around her. And mind you, like, her brother has been dead for three years. So, this is three years of like tiptoeing and like trying not to say their own thing and all of that, and kind of like coddling her, even though she seems like she doesn't really need that coddling. And she even mentions that later on in the season when she says, like, being at Tranquillum is like the most, and around the group of people that she's with is the most, like, human that she's felt in three years and so you kind of see her have that trend trajectory (laughs) across the season like becoming friends with Lars which is like two like kind of different people but like not really because Lars will get to him because his character is is different from the book in a lot of ways but um yeah so it was good to see her do that and she's kind of the first one who starts to see Zach um after they they've been on these drugs for like however long it's supposed to be a 10-day retreat and so she's kind of the first one who's made that connection with him and then like her parents like her father who's just like always trying to put on that everything is okay even when he had that moment with Masha when she's like oh can you um think of like your son i can't remember what she said but the whole moment that they had together when he she's like can you what does it make you think of or something like that? And he like literally was like making weird noises and like he couldn't even think of it. And it was just like, kind of that feeling of den- denial in a way of like being like, yeah, his son is dead, but like, he's also trying to like, one, be like the man of the family, family but like coat everything in this unreal un- unrealistic happiness and his behavior, kind of speaks to that and so i was just seeing his trajectory and then seeing that he blames himself because he felt like if he hadn't pressed snooze then he would have woken up in time and then maybe zach wouldn't have killed himself which like these types of things like in like in real life it's kind of like you can't really say anything that you did that you would have done could have changed anything because they could have like done it at a later date or did it in a different way so like you could never really say that, but, um, just seeing that trajectory and then even, um, her or the mom, Heather, and how she's just been like, just super, super sad. Cause like, you know, like when parents lose a child, like, like I'm not a parent, but when a parent loses a child, like it literally physically feels like a part of them has died and so a lot of times it takes a long time for them to get through that grief and i feel like heather was like the embodiment embodiment of what that looks like on screen and she's just very much like just in her head and all of that about everything and just just sad and so um And even when you hear her talking to, like, the other woman about, like, how she literally remembers the last time that she had sex with her husband was literally three years ago before her son died. Like, that's how much grief that she's been sitting in. And so you kind of see, like, her loosen up and become more, like, or let go of some of that grief and kind of live in the moment because she's kind of been stuck living in the past. They all have been stuck living in the past. But I feel like her more so than... um, the other two and so just to see that trajectory and then when she um sees Zach and he's like oh you read the pamphlets you should have known like what the side effects were and then kind of how that correlated with um Napoleon and him being like oh well, I don't know if I can forgive that but it's kind of like you both in the book she knew about it ahead of time and was scared to like tell the other two Whereas on the show, she didn't know about it ahead of time. And like in the book, Napoleon kind of forgave her for that pretty quickly. But on the show, he didn't. which I think is a little more realistic because like he spent three years blaming himself. And then he kind of finds out like, oh, wait, she's super meticulous. And she missed that that was a side effect and kind of like shifting that blame on her. So it's a great story and visualization of like a family going through grief and like how blame shifts back and forth. And then having that moment, which was a, I don't know you guys know I've been in my feelings for the past like couple of years (laughs) almost couple of years since we've been um going through this pan situation (laughs) and um so like I feel like is every single thing that I watch like emotion emotionally impacts me like probably more than it probably would have like two years ago and so um that whole moment when Cause Lars is there and he's taping and even he felt like, oh my gosh, I shouldn't be a part of this moment when like they're talking to, um, their son slash brother. Like, I don't know. I just felt like that whole family story was like a really good, like visualization of like how they started versus how they ended and, um, having that moment to get closure with the person who they've literally been like stuck in life, stuck from moving forward in life because of his passing and then have, being able to have that moment with him to for him to say essentially and without even really having to say that it's okay for you guys to move on like it's not your fault like that was a really great moment um on tv and I feel like it most likely resonated with a lot of people and yeah so that's the family <laughs> let's talk about Lars so Lars again I did not really remember from the book but in the book, he was a lawyer. He still was with Ray. Um, Ray was pressuring, pressuring him to have a baby, whereas on the show, he is a um, reporter, an investigative reporter, which I thought was pretty obvious just based on how he was acting in the beginning, like super secretive. Like, it literally felt like he was there trying to get a story. Um, and so I think that made sense. And I think in that, like, the changes that they made for a lot of these characters, I think, worked well for tv and helped kind of push the story and make the story more interesting and also weave in some of those more comedic moments um and so you see him kind of like being there because he's there for a story but like by the end of it he leaves there with his life being changed in a way that I don't think that he thought that his life would be changed so it was like really interesting as well because like <laughs> he was the one coming in as a skeptic Um, In the books, he's not that skeptic. Like, he goes to retreats all the time. So, like... One, he was a lawyer. And he goes to retreats all the time. So, like, this wasn't anything new to him. To, like, go on this, like, wellness journey type of a situation. Whereas, on the show, he's like, this is a scam. I'm going to bring her down. Because I know what you did to the um, previous person who was here. Her husband died. And all that other stuff. Like, he's literally there on a mission. But, like he actually like changed over time being there. Like he gained relationships that he probably would not have gained. Like seeing his friendship with Zoe, I thought was interesting to see on screen because like, if you look at everyone there, Zoe doesn't, she's like, she's the only young person in quotes because she's turning 21. Whereas everyone else is either a little bit older talking about um, Ben and Jessica or like way older so it's not really anyone there that she can connect to so I thought that her connection with Lars was really interesting but then also like him kind of letting go even though he seems like he doesn't really want to let go but letting go to the process as the days go go on and as they learn like their own drugs and all the other stuff and him kind of giving into the process and um even especially after like that whole moment with the Marconis and seeing that and him being like okay like you kind of see that real realization on his face, even though like he's like very emotional from what he's seen, but it's also kind of like you can tell like that was the moment that kind of made him be like, oh, maybe, maybe sh- th- she, not necessarily if she was doing good work because like the way that I'm, she went about a lot of this to me <laughs> is cause for like legal action. But um, you could see like at that moment that he was kind of like, okay, you know, who am I to say what people need and what they don't need or how they go about, like, connecting with those that they've lost. Um, So here's what's interesting. You kind of see how it plays out in the end because he ends up, like, him and Ray, when he gets there, it seems like they're not together or, like, something happened, they're not together. But then in the end you see them, they are together and they have the kid. And when he had that strange dream (laughs) where he said that he had a baby with Tony, which was, like... (laughs) That was a funny scene. There were so many funny scenes, like I was laughing throughout this entire show. And I, I kid you not. Like watching this, I would not think that this came from the same book. <laughs> but it did. And this is why I love to talk about um TV shows, especially TV shows because they have a little more room to um. Like dig in, but TV shows and movies based on books because I love to see how they translate it on screen, and this one I think was done well. So there, that's Lars. We need to like get through this a little bit quicker, even. My gosh. <laughs> um, and so then we have Ben and Jessica. So Ben had won the lottery, so that's why he has money. Jessica was like social influencer, all that stuff. They are completely, or how long not even say completely? But the way that they are in the book is completely, there's a big difference between them in the book and them on the show. Whereas in the book, I felt like they were always fighting. Jessica at some point thought she was pregnant. And so like after they hashed out everything that they hashed out while they were at the retreat and then um, post post being in the retreat, they um, she found out that she really wasn't pregnant and so because she wasn't really pregnant like that was the only thing that was kind of keeping them being together and so therefore they were like oh we'll go our separate ways um and he ends up getting remarried i was hoping while watching this that that would not be the case especially the more and more that i saw the two of them on screen i haven't been saying who's been playing who but (laughs) so for the marconis michael shannon played napoleon asher ketty played heather and then Grace Van Patten played Zoe. Luke Evans played Lars. And now we're at Ben and Jessica. So Samara Weaving plays Jessica and Melvin Gregg plays Ben. Uh, yeah, so as their stories going on over like the course of this, I'm like, oh my gosh, I hope they don't end this like split up because I kind of like their dynamic <laughs> on the screen. And she also wasn't coming off as like super annoying as in the book. In the book, like Jessica has had all this plastic surgery and that's like a big thing or a big contention between the two of them. Whereas in the show, they're more so there to like work on their marriage, like figure it out because they kind of like, they won the lottery. You win the lottery and it changed a lot in your life. I mean, there are literally shows about people who get murdered after winning the lottery or people who um like have family issues after win the lottery. like winning the lottery is such a major change because if you look at who's playing the lottery or like trying to win the lottery, like you're talking about people who may not have or clearly because they're playing the lottery, most likely do not have access to that large amount of money, and then all of a sudden they win that large amount of money and that would change your life in drastic ways. So like, Winning the lottery is not something we should be like. Oh, they won the lottery! Like, now you're rich. Go live your life. It's like no, you're taking someone from one situation and then drastically changing their situation and then just being like, okay, go have fun. Like, no, people commit suicide. Like all that stuff. So, they win the lottery. Now they have all these um marital issues, and um, just like them navigating that and their interactions individually with the other guests and in their interactions together, to me, were like some of the funniest moments, that whole moment when Jessica thought her nose fell off her face. (laughs) That was, oh my gosh, I literally had I I was crying. That was so funny. (laughs) And I don't remember that happening in the book at all like i really don't remember that but that was a very funny moment and so just seeing them and then them getting like closer towards the end of it and kind of like having their own kind of like language because at first they weren't getting the drugs and then they finally were able to get the drugs and then like reconnecting with each other and kind of being like oh like the shit's about to hit the fan like everyone seems to be going crazy but then they're also just kind of like in their own little world i don't know it was funny to me and so i was happy that when we got to the end of it That they were still together, but then they also decided to like run the retreat, which was interesting that it would be them. I don't know. I kind of want to see how that turns out because (laughs) I feel like it might be a shit show still. But yeah, so that was fun to watch. Who else? Who else? Yao, Delilah. So honestly, I have fair remnants of what they did in the book, but I do know that I believe they were together in the book as they are on the show. But Masha was not like, uh, um, wasn't sexually involved with them. And it was really weird watching this trio relationship because these are people who are essentially her um, subordinates. And she's kind of manipulating them. I don't even want to say kind of. She's manipulating them to literally stay. And it's really, really weird because she she uses manipulation a lot throughout this. And um, a lot of what she says and does is very manipulative. And I feel like early on, but like before everyone started getting dosed up on drugs and stuff, like it was kind of like, where people were, were like the radar was going off, like, oh, this seems a little bit crazy. I don't think we should do this. But then as they they are on the drugs and you kind of like lose sight of that reasoning but then when she's like you find out that she has them on the protocol as well or whatever they are taking (laughs) then it's kind of like oh my gosh so she essentially is keeping them drugged so that they literally are kind of under her control in a way I don't know it was just very very weird and I was thinking about myself and I was like First of all, <laughs> I wouldn't be there because, like, the whole drug thing, like, no. Like, Napoleon being like, oh, my gosh, you're drugging us and, like, being super worried about it and being like, oh, okay, well, I'll just do it for... Like, no. I would be the person, like, um, I'm leaving. <laughs> there is no way. But um, just seeing that and then uh, seeing Delilah, like, stop taking the drugs and kind of, like, getting more control over her life, even though, in the end... We're to assume that Masha doesn't really pay for or have any consequences for our actions throughout this entire thing, because a retreat is still there, and I'm assuming she in some in some ways still tied to it. She may not be running it, but like that's her retreat. So, and she didn't go to jail because she's rides off into the sunset as a free woman. So like we're to assume she doesn't have any consequences, whereas in the book. I believe she does get some consequences because we're going to talk about how, like, some of the things that changed as far as, like, the ending overall, but I don't know, it was really weird, and I kind of was, like, in my head screaming at y'all, cause I was just like, but I mean, he's a guy, so, and it's, and it's hard, and, or I guess it's not hard, but it's unfortunate. <laughs> They <laughs> that the response is, oh well he's a guy, so I could see how he could easily be like, Oh, I get to sleep with both of these women Um and like completely ignore how that could possibly make my partner feel because he even talks to Masha like, Oh yeah, I can see her getting jealous and I'm just like oh, what? <laughs> I don't know, it was so weird. And then then the whole thing that turned with Delilah and I was just like, Okay, I have no clue <laughs> What is going on anymore? I mean, I do, but I'm just like, oh my gosh, okay. I give up. Like, this is like a some type of self-sabotage type of relationship that is going on here. Very toxic. I don't want any parts of it. So <laughs> there is that. But I was happy to see that Delilah kind of like broke out of that. And literally broke out of the retreat <laughs> and went to get the police. But yeah, it was super weird. Um, Then we have Francis, played by Melissa... McCarthy and then Bobby plays Tony so in the book Frances is an author Frances is also way older than she is in this or at least I'm assuming that she is because in the book like by the end of it she turns 60 and I have I feel like I remember Tony being like oh you're 50 or you're not 50 or something like that but I mean like I don't know if <laughs> they wanted Francis to be fifty on this, cause she wasn't given fifty, um, and even though Tony had the scruff, he wasn't really given like pushing sixty either. So like I don't know, they came off a they came off younger than what they were in the book, by like maybe ten years. But who knows? Tony was also an ex football player. He was a divorcee. He wasn't on drugs. He didn't kill anyone in the book, so that was different. Um, they. Tony and Francis don't start a relationship until post the retreat and all the in one week and in a month and like all that stuff that I was just like oh my gosh can this book end? <laughs> That's kind of when their like romantic relationship develops. But I'm glad that it de- that it developed during the show, like while they were or not during the show, cause duh, but during while they were in at the retreat because you can kind of see that that was the direction that they were going in. Like you have the first encounter before they get to a retreat when she's on the side of the road. And they have that whole whole moment. Then she gets to Tranquilum and finds out, oh, this is the same guy from the side of the road. And then they just, how when they have to pair off, it ends up being them two when they are like, oh, I don't know if I can do this because Tony has knee, Francis, her back. And so they're kind of spending all this time together. So you're kind of like, anticipating that something's going to happen so when you finally get that reward of something happening you're like oh that's nice and it's like a sweet relationship that you want to work but then also my like the realistic evas like they literally have only known each other for like six days and we're already talking about love and all that stuff and okay but i mean i guess when you go through something traumatic they say that can bring people closer together than it probably would have had they not went through that traumatic experience together. But anyway, and then seeing her, hearing her story um, with Paul, which I can't, I don't think that that happened in the book. I honestly can't remember if she was catfished in the book, but, um, and sent this man all this money. But like that whole thing when everyone is first on the drugs, and but they don't know that they're on the drugs and they're having these hallucinations and dreams. I was just like, Those were funny moments, guys. Those were funny moments. But um, yeah, and then her talking about how... Because you kind of see her be like, oh, kids. I don't do kids like when we first are introduced to Frances. And then hearing her story about Paul and like how she thought that this was going to be her opportunity to be a mother. But then he essentially steals that from her. It's like, oh my gosh, he's a shitty person. And oh my gosh, I really feel for you. And also, shout out to Melissa McCarthy because... I see her out here trying to do these more serious roles. A lot of times I don't, I don't um, watch them just because I don't know they don't really interest me. But I feel like this was a good mix of like serious and comedic, and she did it. I don't know. I think everyone performed really well. If I'm being honest, I really didn't have any problems with performances uh, while watching this. So like I don't know, I liked it. And then yeah, so her and Tony, and then we see them post Tranquilum like kind of having this life together. She's like inspired to write new stories because that was a whole thing, which is similar in the book. She had just wrote a book and wasn't going to get reviews. And I kind of like sent her down a spiral on all of this and all of that. Uh, So yeah. And then we have Masha, which played by Nicole (laughs) Kidman. And it was a very interesting, um, very, very interesting character. I think she definitely comes off more interesting on screen and like more of like this dynamic person that you could see why people would be like oh I want to hear what she has to say or oh I should follow her and do what she says to do um just because Nicole Kidman like I don't know just the faces that she makes and like the way that she like carries herself in this role where it's kind of this like regal in a way type of a um type of a carrying. (laughs) I don't know if that makes sense. But the thing that was different in the book was that, and I was like, as soon as we started seeing like the death threats and all of that, oh, I need to talk about Carmella. Um, The death threats and all of that. I was like, I don't remember any of this in the book. This was new. So Carmella, so we can talk about Carmella at the same time as Masha, because they kind of tie into each other. So in the book, she was like, a single mom she had just got divorced that was really her reasoning for being there and it wasn't this whole like her husband cheated on her with Masha and then she went out and shot Masha <laughs> in the chest and all that like no that wasn't part of the book that was all new but I thought that it made it interesting and Regina Hall plays Carmella and or car. I don't know why I keep calling her Carmela. Carmel <laughs> Carmel Carmel that's what it is It's Carmel but I don't want to say Carmella Regina Hall plays Carmel And um I don't know Regina Hall does a crazy Person really really well (laughs) Like she goes from moments of being like super Calm to being like oh my gosh what's wrong with this Lady to like being back to being calm I don't know it just it plays really well Uh on screen and to have that Have it be that she was the one Who shot Masha and is why Tranquilum even exists and then having that whole moment Masha being like even though Masha's scared of her her being like I forgive you like you still need to go through your learning process which is kind of like at that point what is what else does she need to do (laughs) because if that was me and I found out that this was the person who literally almost killed me like I don't know you're a little better than I am but her being like I forgive I forgive you, now you need to forgive yourself was definitely interesting. And just seeing like her struggle throughout this entire thing of being like super, super angry, super, super violent when thinking about her ex-husband who was like trash (laughs) and said all these trash things to her um, and literally left her. And so you kind of like have sympathy for her just because of that situation. But then it's also like, girl, you literally attempted to murder someone and you should probably be in someone's like psychiatric ward or something like that. But here we are, you're still roaming free. Uh, And we're we're able to like live a life of not being caught is like still pretty interesting to me. But um, just seeing that whole thing, how that played out and then for her to be in the end, like essentially be helping other people it looked like mostly women, but I can't remember if I saw like anyone else on the screen, um, but helping other people in similar situations kind of like come out of that darkness and live a more bright life, if you will, was interesting. Uh, in the book, Masha had a stroke. She didn't get shot. She also had a son that she lost, so it wasn't a daughter. She also didn't know about the Marconi's um, loss prior to them coming to Traqu- Traquam and therefore, she did not give them a discount to go to Tranquilum. So, like, there were a lot of differences there. Um, and a, one of the big differences is the end when they all get locked in that room where they s- simulate there being a fire. Everyone was in that room. And I the only reason I remember this is because that's kind of when I started paying attention um, in the audiobook I was like, oh, my gosh, what is happening? Like, people were falling out, passing out. Frances thought she died. <laughs> in that room (laughs) then they had to figure out how to get out the room themselves only to find out that the door had been unlocked the entire time (laughs) I don't know it was like bonkers so it was different from the book in that everyone wasn't in the room because the Marconis were in the woods with Masha and then uh Yao was the one who wanted to help them in the book to get out of the room but uh Masha ends up like making him like she drugs him or something and so he can't help them and she's like watching them all freak out from a screen while also doing drugs and they were taking like different drugs than on the book than in the um show like one of the shows they were taking similar to the book which I can't remember what it's called but the one that they were all were taking in the book was like LSD or something like that um and I don't think everyone was taking it on the show so it was like a lot of like batshit crazy things that were happening in the book which, in hindsight, I don't think would have translated as well. It's kind of like how they like tied in the story up to make it work for TV. Because, again, if you had to ask me which one I chose, I would choose the TV show over the book, hands down, because I just think it was way more entertaining. It worked, and they were able to keep everyone's story succinct in a way that was interesting, and we were still able to hear everyone's story follow their journey from beginning of the series to the end and like feel for every single one of them even though in the book some of them came up way more shittier than they did on the tv show um in the tv show they just all like you could connect with every single one of them and you wanted them all to succeed by the end of it which i think really really works and so i should also mention because I was so late to the game and trying to finish this book before watching it. I did watch this in a binge format. I did not take notes, clearly. I mean, maybe you couldn't tell, but I didn't take notes. I contemplated taking notes as I started. And I was like, I don't know. <laughs> so I did not But here we are. So I'm trying to think of anything else that I may have forgotten. I talked about them all being trapped in the one room. Talked about the ending. Everyone essentially got better um, endings on the show than they did in the book. And I'm okay with that. Even though I like to look at things with a more realistic view, I'm okay with everyone not getting it happily ever after, if you will. So yeah, I think that's everything that I have to say. I feel like I spoiled everything. So <laughs> if you're still listening at that, at this point, I want to know what you thought about Nine Perfect Strangers. Who was your favorite character? Uh, did you read the book? What did you think about the book versus the TV show? Let me know all those things. Again, I am on Discord so we can chat about it there or you can hit me up on social media, but I will talk to you guys in the next episode that's the end of the episode thanks for sticking through it to the end be sure to follow me on all the social media platforms at currently on instagram and at current on twitter also hit the subscribe button on whatever platform you listen to podcast on and i'll talk to you in the next one